Uncovered Cinema Podcast Episode 32, The Suicide Squad, on HBO Max. Rocket launchers and hide them until the right moment when America leaves and to coordinate the effort that it required to take over a country, essentially. And on top of that, they have a a PR campaign that's coming out about right now where people are like, they're doing interviews with Taliban press people. That's pretty amazing. And they're doing it all with like... somehow coordinating all this while being suppressed for the last 20 years. You have to remember that they have, they were a government prior to being taken out of power. They did know how to run things. It's not like they were a small organization by any regards. They were a very big organization and they had a lot of roots and a lot of family run deep in that country, you know? Yeah. And just like American politicians, they're already, often lying about their new government when they were interviewing them this morning on CNN. They were saying, yeah. oh, uh, well, what do you think about women going to university? And the guy's like, <laughs> we, uh, we, yeah. we think it's okay. We'll, we'll mm-hmm. allow it. I'm like, bullshit. <laughs> you, wanted yeah, to like, no. you wanted to strike her dead right now, the imaginary woman they were talking about. And yeah. uh, it's, it's obviously it, not going to... I get, no. Well, the, the point is right now is whether... America is going to recognize them as a, a as a valid coup or what are they're just going to stay quiet they are as of right now the um the treaty's been signed everything's been done they are the legitimate Afghanistan government as of right now now should they be acknowledged as such I don't know it, their future uh actions are really going to dictate that because you have to look at everything they've done in the past, the way they fight their wars, the way they handle their aggression. They're very passive aggressive, right? They want everything to be done from the shadows while they're out in the front looking like the best people in the world. Oh, we want this, that, the other. We want girls to go to school. As (laughs) long as they abide by Sharia law, they can do whatever self-expression they want. Basically, as long as they're within a group of girls alone in a house with no men around, they can talk about and do whatever they want. Yeah. But that's it. Like yeah, they can't go yeah. anywhere. They can't vote. They can't, um, their, their pictures all around uh, Kabul city is already being painted over. Like you, you have to, you have to understand that this country is now going into the stone age right now. Right. Yeah, absolutely. But if the country is actually willing to allow us to, withdraw the allied troops not just american troops but it's allied troops so there's other countries there there's the english there there's the aussies there there are other countries still in there as well so them allowing us to withdraw safely might be a cover for a future attack or it could be them offering the olive branch you know but uh, based off their past actions i don't i don't know yeah it's you know? probably a, a no. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think, I think you got it right. It's just a veil um, to kick everybody else out so that they can start their yeah. tyranny and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and suppress it in a way that other people won't be able to see. And exactly. Cause I think it's kind of uh, our, our, it seems to be as of today, our stances 
hey, uh, player's going to play, hate is going to hate, like let them do what mm-hmm. they're going to do. And it was just kind of a slap in the face because we've spent 20 years holding the fort down and it was taken away from us in like two days. Well, but mm. there's just, but then at the same time, it's like you got to let them do their thing because they are, but not, not, a, not at the expense of what the way we're seeing on, on news and everything and the way things are happening. And obviously there's tyranny and, and going to be uh, people that are fearing for their lives from the fact that we're seeing families literally holding onto the wheels of uh, mm-hmm. American um, naval or uh, military planes as they're taking off and literally falling from the sky to their deaths because yeah, they want to get out of the country so bad. It, it's yeah, like uh, it, World War Z, It's a, I, but I never thought I would see that in real life. Um, you know, where they, right. where they storm the airport and, and there's people literally just trying to climb the airplanes, uh, which it's, it's surreal when you're seeing something that's made for Hollywood happen in real life. Yeah. And you have to think about the reason they're allowing us to leave. And it's so strategically invaluable, right? Because like you said, with them allowing us to leave, now they're not being the aggressors in any attack. And if they do attack us, like let's say they hire one of their previously funded terrorist organization groups that wasn't part of the Taliban that was funded by the Taliban to yeah. do attacks on their behalf and the money's not traceable back to them because, you know, at what point in time do we have to think that their drug money, because what's it going to be used for, right? Now they have the income of the entire country, but they're still saying they're going to sell drugs. Why? Why do you want untraceable cash? What's the point? Well, it's the same playbook you see play out in all these different countries. We just talked about it a couple of weeks ago in, in the the movie that was that was coming out with the Keynes Festival uh, in, mm-hmm. in Hong Kong and how they're trying to you know suppress their government and kick out the media so that other countries can't see the things that are happening and yeah. and, and the ways that they. I mean, torture, uh, um, they control the internet, they control everything that goes on so that other countries can't see what's happening. And North Korea has been doing the same for decades, except mm-hmm. they're just really bad at hiding it, even though they say they're, it's all about, you know, humanity and peace and, and for their government. But really we know yeah. there's labor camps and, and that kind of stuff going on there. But, uh, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out because I, at this point, I just feel like. I think a lot of Americans feel that way too. We're just observers or passive observers because we, I, I, our president has taken that stance that we're just going to watch and see what happens. <laughs> yeah. As a Afghan war veteran myself, someone who actually had boots on ground in country who saw the difference we were making to the lives of the individual civilians, it, it's heartbreaking. But at the same time, what else are you going to do? Right? Like Leia, for instance, she was sick. My little baby, my bloodhound, she was sick for a couple of weeks. She had uh, pancreatitis, right? I gave, I took her to the veteran or veterinarian. I uh, did everything that they told me to do. I bought the food, the special food. I gave her the special medicine, everything. Right. But she wasn't getting better. She wasn't eating. She wasn't drinking. Even though I had food out for her and I had water out for her, she didn't want to. It wasn't until she was dang near starving 
that she forced herself to drink. And in doing so, now she's starting to feel a lot better. But that's with Afghanistan. Yeah, the withdrawal was not handled anywhere near good, in my opinion. Should we have kept more soldiers in a little bit longer to get our civilians out? Absolutely. But at the same time, how much longer? Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, absolutely. Eventually, they have to take care of it and do something and and decide the way they want their government run. But Mm -hmm. then we come into like the question of like, if you know something bad is happening, ultimate superhero complex, right? If you know something bad Mm -hmm. is happening, do you have an obligation to do something about it? Or do you just turn away and, and walk away from the dark alley where someone's purse is being taken away from them? I don't know. I I think it's kind of interesting watching the the Pentagon do all these press releases right now because they're interviewing like, you know, uh, generals and, and like really high mm-hmm. up uh, colonels and stuff. And, and the, the great thing is like these military people, they're not uh, politicians and they're no. not press people. And you have to think like they have top secret clearance or whatever clearance is above top secret clearance that we don't know about yet. And <laughs> they know everything that's going on, but they can't say anything. So there are people asking them questions and they're just like, uh, I can't answer that. No, I'm not, not going to deal with that. No. Next question. Um, yeah, not at liberty to say anything about that. It's like they didn't, nothing happened in this press interviews. Um, they're just asking these guys over and yeah. over and they're just like, it's just so nice to have that, that luxury to not, you know, appease the press and have a public figure because they're just like, nope, nope, I'm not at liberty yeah, to say like, that, you know? <laughs> it's yeah, so great. Like, ah, I'm not going to deal with you right now. No, or, you're, or you're... My favorite is, is I don't know, but you know, they know everything. They're, they're, they know like the highest clearances. Uh, it's hard for me to know what's going on, you know, 5,000 miles away. <laughs> you know, you have every damn satellite pointed at, at, at what's going on right now, especially if it's, oh, yeah. if it's our men on the ground, they're watching, they know what's going on. They just can't they know talk. every little bit about what's going on but in in their regard i mean what do you want them to do i mean <laughs> we're sending nine thousand troops in to secure our airport so we can get eighty thousand civilians out that's eighty thousand civilians man well, uh, there's well you know so something's much. wrong when you start a new government and everybody in the country wants to leave that's God, already a bad dude, sign right <laughs> But it's even worse when everybody, like the people in the country, yeah, they want to leave now, but were they the same people helping out the Taliban hide and do stuff because they were scared of them the entire time? It's like, well, there's a reason that the Taliban were able to take that much ground so quickly. There's a reason that the ANA were turncoats so quickly, you know, they believed in their vision, their men in the Afghan society, and they believed in men ruling and women women sucking but i i think also they're under the pressure of like for example today's movie uh Mm -hmm. antagonist turns protagonist protagonist turns antagonist classic uh anti-hero movie but would Mm -hmm. you would you work on the suicide squad if there was under threat of killing your whole family i mean it's i might i might help the taliban if they were going to like you know chop the fingers off of my kids yeah and that's it that's a fair point because that was some of the you know the threats that were being angered uh angled you know they kidnap a kid right and they say hey do this stuff for us or we're going to kill your kid like pay us money or join the taliban you know whatever it is right 
and they would have little option. It's either, do they have the money to pay? Probably not. Are they going to join the Taliban? Probably not. So what are they going to do? Kill them? Like, yeah. Ugh. We'll hopefully be reporting back better news uh, in the in the following yeah. weeks to come. And it'll definitely be interesting to see how this plays out. I know both of us having our issues were easily triggered with mm-hmm. things like this. So uh, fingers crossed that the show will be here next week and we don't have to take another <laughs> break while we get our mental facilities back together. But uh, that'll be fine. Yeah, we're, we're stronger now. We're on the right meds. <laughs> oh, yes, definitely. The VA well, got me covered. Oh, yeah. <laughs> awkward uh, seg into the intro, but what's going on, guys? Welcome to this episode of Uncovered Cinema. I'm Brian. And I'm Will. We usually don't cover such uh, heavy topics, like, ever. If it's not World related news. to film, we usually don't talk about it. Yes, and today we're going to be talking about... The Suicide Squad, very confusing because the original one was Suicide Squad. What the worst naming of a second of a movie I've ever had because I've been getting into arguments with my kids. We're gonna watch Suicide Squad. Oh, are we gonna watch the new Suicide Squad? Old school Suicide Squad. Well, no, we're gonna watch the Suicide Squad. Oh, which Suicide Squad is that? I don't know. It's it's <laughs> the second <laughs> one has the in front of it, everything else is the same. <laughs> Well, you gotta you gotta remember, like, or you gotta think about it. Margaret Robbie, right? She is just Harley Quinn. Yeah, she's Harley Quinn, and she is a very, very, very good actress. If they had to reset Suicide Squad, they would have had to cut her out. So it, okay. it would make a lot more sense to just make the sequel of Suicide Squad, and instead of making. Something where if, if you're going to SEO wise, if you're going to look up Suicide Squad, you're probably going to look up the Suicide Squad, right? SEO search engine optimization doesn't, it's a bad name. <laughs> Make a better second name. Put a two in front of it or something, or I don't know, the new Suicide Squad. There you go. That would have been so much a better distinction. Anyways, we're breaking that movie down today. <laughs> yeah, that's just a name that you choose when you want to forget the first one. You know, <laughs> true. Yeah. And, and thank God uh, Joker wasn't in this one. They killed him off oh, yeah. appropriately in the last one. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, sometimes okay. the villains like f- rise from the fire at like a phoenix. But in this case, they just left him dead. Um, yeah. I'm happy that Jared Leto is not in this. He was one of the worst jokers that I've. he was a joker to be the joker. Yeah. And uh, the worst joker. Yeah. Yeah. And in. You you can't put him in this in this world. He doesn't. No, any Joker doesn't fit. You couldn't put Ring Joaquin Phoenix. He's too intense to be in this kind of movie. But uh, no, yeah, I think they did a really good choice running with Harley Quinn as the um as the uh, uh what am I? What's the word I'm looking for? Title runner. Yeah, the main. Yeah, main. Well, I I would say that uh, Bloodsport would be, in my opinion, which would be Elba. What's his name? Uh, Let me try Elgis that again. Elba. Elgis Elba. Amazing actor. Super uh, oh, intense. Dude, he's so a talented. Lot of, a lot of intense moments in the movie. And he's the kind of actor where you just forget he's acting. You get caught up in what he's doing and, and how he's doing. There's really intense scenes there, like with him and his daughter. They're both screaming at each other through this glass. And I thought it was oh, captured dude. so well. And it was mm-hmm. like she had to come at the same intensity he was and, and he's a seasoned actor and 
oh, been yeah, in a they... lot of great things, a lot, a lot of uh, uh, suspense in intense movies. And he was able, you know, that girl was able to hold the daughter was able to hold face with him in those scenes and, and just bring back that intensity when they were fighting, which I thought was, was so awesome. All right, but before we get into uh, breaking down the movie like we normally do and doing all the fun stuff that you come to Uncover Cinema for, obviously, we are going to give you guys some information off the previous episode. Okay, so... Oh, yeah, we got a recap. Yeah, we have a recap for you. So, if you guys haven't watched last week, we watched Space Jam 1 and 2, A New Legacy, and did a comparison of the two. Right. Yeah, and which ended brutally with us tearing apart LeBron James because of his lack of effort and uh, Michael Jordan in his awesome effort, as we know him as. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it it was just crazy. The, the vast difference between the effort of these two professional athletes, neither one of them are professional actors. Neither one of them is trying to say they're a professional actor. Right. But the amount of effort that the two athletes put in is so vastly different. So vastly different. And LeBron James, if you guys want to hear more, go check out that episode. It's last week's episode, uh, Uncover Cinema, uh, LeBron James, episode 31. But not only did LeBron James barely even play basketball in a basketball movie in which he (laughs) plays it as a professional sport gets paid to do oh they didn't pay him enough to play basketball stunt double (laughs) come on he didn't do any of the work man it was all stunt double like come on they they hired the stunt double because and i quote he brings acting to the role wait basically the basketball player brings acting to the role and the stunt double does the basketball playing Huh. No, the stunt double brings acting to the role. Oh, like basically, like from basically, or <laughs> like, let, let, you can't obviously show his face if he's the stunt double. Like that's not the point, though. Think about when um, LeBron James was actually doing any basketball moves that looked really cool. Did you ever see his face? Besides his signature one move that he does. Well, yeah. No. Exactly. LeBron James knows how to play basketball professionally, like really, really well. But I bet you he doesn't know how to make it look really, really good. Yeah. You know? Well, I moved to Hollywood and and to become an actor. But when I show up, I just bring my stunt double because he brings <laughs> acting to the role of acting. <laughs> I know. It don't Why make they sense? just hire this stunt double? Well, I guess they needed facial facial uh, name. recognition <laughs> need to get a name yeah oh the brand man, that's so sad being the brawn brand that's so sad oh and uh just a little small thing um the original director of that film actually left it over oh, and i yeah, quote creative yeah, be- differences be- because of the fact that it was a whole commercial yeah pretty yeah. much <laughs> yeah pretty much but all right, and we're moving on. We're moving on. Moving is where we're going. Old news is in the past. If you guys want to check that out, it's Uncover Cinema episode thirty-one, uh, Space Jam comparison. Yes, and today we're talking 
the Suicide Squad, not to be confused with Suicide Squad. Yeah, not to be confused with Suicide Squad. The 2000 crappy, crappy 16, what was it, 2016, 2018 movie? God, it, it doesn't even matter. It was just so bad that it was just... 2016, yeah. It was just so bad that it's not even worth remembering. Before we dive into it, let's get into a recap of what happened in The Suicide Squad. Pretty much everything the same that happened in Suicide Squad. Uh, there's another... It, basically, we, we, we've, we've come what seems like maybe a few months or possibly a few years after the initiation of this, you know, operation program that mm-hmm. they bring prisoners with superhero abilities into the real world to fight missions for the, you know, the good of humanity, but it's all done under the guise of, uh, uh Weller is her name. Um, the, she, she's a bitch. Let's just face it. She's, she's a bitch. And, she's the one that runs this program. So they do everything she says. And if they don't, it's under threat of death. They'll blow her up, blow up the people. And they don't know anything about these missions. And it's all, all of it's so important to save the world, but really as in both times that's happened, there's a secret agenda that happens. Yeah. Amanda Weller, that secret agenda that is really just to benefit this faction that, that runs this organization. And there's a few new characters, a few creative characters, probably some better actor choices in this second version. Definitely better if you're not Mm -hmm. counting Jared Leto, of course. But uh, (laughs) uh, pretty much everything the same happens, in my opinion. It's just a copy, as is most... I'd say 80% of the number two in a series of any movies, the big wigs at whatever studio that create them decide, well, if that model worked great the first time, let's do it again at the same time to the point. My example would be the hangover where Mm -hmm. that trio of, of people that were in the movie didn't even account for that the one character that was getting married who was stuck on the roof in the first one, he wasn't in any of the other two. He just disappears because that's the method that works. And so they just copy and paste it over and over again. But, you know, we're coming into post pandemic world. So anything that distracts us from the Taliban taking over Afghanistan (laughs) or the fact that Delta variant is, almost as worse as the original COVID and, and people are dying and and you're reading in the paper that all the pediatric beds are taken up in Texas. So you literally have to wait for a child to die for your child to be taken care of. It's a great opportunity to get away from the world and just enjoy something fun for a few hours. Yeah. See this movie, in my opinion, Right, I I, I turned into I Edgar Allan Poe over bit. here. Fuck, huh? <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. I just went around a real dark rabbit hole, but go ahead. Sorry, you have to cut that out. <laughs> no, like, um, um, like I, I I feel a little bit differently about the film, right? So, visually, visually speaking, this film is 
unmatched, but that's not what we're talking about right now. We'll get into that later. Visually, Story yeah. Story-wise, though, it's just... I, I agree, it's meh. It kind of feels like, and this is this is what I feel... Maybe this is what in the pitch meeting for uh, Suicide Squad. They're, the producer is just like, look, we have a script. It sucks. This is the best we can do. This is the writer. Whatever. This is it. Just... It can't be worse than the first. Don't fuck it up. Here, have at it. And the dude's like, all right, let me get a DP and a, a colorist and editor alike, and let's have some fun. That, that to me, is what it felt like here. Very great description. The names behind the movie, you know, James Gunn directed, Zack Snyder was in it, the, uh, produced it, the create, uh, director of Superman. Mm-hmm. Awesome great names behind it uh the elba uh, character bloodsport awesome actor um yeah god he is margaret robbie uh, awesome actor actress but yeah it was a visual spectacle this the i mean (sighs) we're talking the the protagonist i'm sorry the antagonist of this film is a 200 foot starfish (laughs) how menacing is that you know well i mean a 200 foot starfish that takes over your body and controls your you know controls you by sticking a starfish on your face like i I think that was a rick and morty that came out like a few weeks ago that has the same exact plot (laughs) just and and they did it with so many less superheroes it was just rick and morty Yeah, like like I said, it's it, it, they had a really bad script and did what they could. <laughs> Visually, yeah, it was Visually. amazing. And one of the cool things about this film was that because there were big names behind it, they mm-hmm. got to they got the budget they wanted. And one of the things that they, was important for them, which was that it was not all green screened because it's cheap yeah. to green screen things. Mm-hmm. relatively so what they did in this case was build very large big sets almost everything was filmed on a set so this mm-hmm. gave so much more creativity to the dp filming it they're able to move in a real environment they're able to utilize mm-hmm. you know foreground background and and make changes on the fly because they're in a room and it's not you know planned out on a 3d green screen computer generated BS that we see all the time. This was all like sets, which I think was pretty amazing that they were able to build such large sets because you just don't see that being done anymore because of the expense. Yeah. Usually if, if they would have done this film on a green screen, like they did the first one, it would have gone down the same route as the first one. There's not enough killing and explosions that is going to make us be happy because it's just green screen. It's fake. It's boring. Right. But they, since they did everything practical, right. It was better, brutal, different feel. It's such a beautiful. different feel. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, there wasn't a single time in this entire film that I was watching it, that I was grossed out or like taken aback this entire time I was enjoying the murder, even though that sounds a little weird. It's I was enjoying the visuals of the film so much that it didn't matter 
how terrible the story was. It didn't matter how hollow these characters were because I was getting my fulfillment for entertainment in a visual way instead of intellectual way. Yeah. And they did try to like provide... 30 seconds of backstory to each character (laughs) and almost a comedic way because it was so poorly done. Like you have no attachment to these characters Mm -hmm. and there's so many of them. I -hmm. think there's seven or so, but there's, it's impossible to provide backstory to all these characters. So when they did dive into it, I was just like, my eyes glazed over a little bit because it's like, I mean, do we need a backstory for a guy of polka dots? Like, it's I mean, just uh, how off, how much attention span am I going to have to the backstory with the guy who's made of polka dots? I mean, everybody kind of wants to know is like, how do you throw polka dots? Like, wh- why do you throw <laughs> polka dots? Like, really? The characters I mean, were weird. Yeah, we disagree. So the ca- the like enemy. a weasel. <laughs> I liked him, and he is the new chupacabra. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I will weasel allow for it. life. There okay. was weasel. Life. You imagine the pitch meeting for this movie. Yeah, it's a uh, a weasel anti-hero, a man that throws <laughs> polka dots, uh, a, a giant, and shark. they're fighting a giant starfish. <laughs> mm. Like what? All right, DC, See, we'll I, put a hundred million behind it, and this will be the best-selling movie. Dude, they've they've already made one hundred eighteen million dollars off the film. Yeah. In the box so, there you office. Go. it's That's... killing and like hell yeah dude i absolutely love it and the fact that it's on hbo max right in the beginning really makes it accessible I, i'm not a dc fan though maybe that's where my pessimism comes from because to me it just feels like everything they do is a poor knockoff of marvel like in this case this felt like i'm, I'm, I'm i know people i'm gonna get death letters mm-hmm. and but uh this just felt like their version of guardians of the galaxy. Like they're putting See, this whole ensemble together in this crew and, or maybe Deadpool, Deadpool two, where they have this cr- mm-hmm. crew coming together and there might be all these offshoots of stories that come out in the future. But See, I think, um, I think Warner brothers and DC are trying to find a more realistic approach to their cinematic universe. Cause, uh, Marvel and Disney right now have a fan, uh, fan, a fantastical approach to their cinematical universe, right? Magic, superpowers, you know, yada, 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 interdimensional jumpage and everything. Right. I think they're trying to go more of the, like, in reality kind of thing like yeah it's feasible that you would find an alien that is a starfish floating in space where would you go with that it's feasible that you would have another alien since you have an alien with starfish that you would have that orange girl alien as well it's feasible because like nobody has crazy superpowers everybody is like very vulnerable right like even the dude with the detached arms, as soon as he got shot, he was down <laughs> on the ground crying his little eyes out because his yeah. arms were getting shot <laughs> a lot. So the second I saw Pete Davidson, I was like, mm-hmm. "How quick before they kill him?" <laughs> he lasted I know, dude. I was like, like oh, two minutes. Man. <laughs> I'm like, "No way, he's not gonna I, stay in this movie for long. He's dead." 
I love Pete Davidson because he like wants to die in movies in the best <laughs> ways. And I, I, I just love that. I finally found an actor who is like, yo, kill me early, dude. Instead of like, I need all my like screen time and stuff so I can like, you know, I, I, and also I'm like, I need my name earlier than people too. So, you well, know, like, cause it's all about me. We also set the level of gore that's going to happen throughout this movie with Pete Davidson. He's the first one that gets his head blown off in no, such a no. gory way. We set the level of gore even earlier than that. They hint at it even earlier. The little birdie. That little birdie was wrecked, dude. He yeah, was that's true. gory as heck. When, that, when he threw the ball and it bounced and broke, it... Literally on my TV, I could see the wings and the neck of the bird like breaking and the blood yeah. spurting out. And I was like, ooh, oh, <laughs> ooh, the tone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it and then and then we spend the next two hours trying to show that these bad guys are good. <laughs> we set the tone in the first 30 seconds, which was uh, visually speaking, the mm-hmm. beginning shot was so beautiful. He pulled mm. back from a puddle. I guess that that is the symbolism, though, because we're trying to show that these the side of looking glass these villains have a good side to them. So we're seeing that this reflection, and in showing that reflection, it's like showing us that there's a different perspective being revealed about these characters that we've already made assumptions about. Mm-hmm. But then he kills the bird. Yeah, I mean, it it is what it is, but they make killing not such a big deal, like such such a small deal in this film that you're not stuck on it at all, right? Every character in here kills a bunch of times, and yet you still love Ratcatcher 2. You still hope that the shark guy who ate the (laughs) the freedom fighter in the beginning without even asking a question and starts the whole damn thing finds true friendship and really yeah. finds himself at the end. I mean, they just, they make these enemies and these bad guys that would typically be like, Oh, they're the worst in the world. <laughs> I'm glad they got beat to like, Oh, I hope they get their ass kicked, but in a nice way, which brings up the challenge of like, for the audience member from the perspective of the writer, how do we mm-hmm. make killing and gore in this movie becomes so acceptable and and established as a thing that we're going to watch for the next two hours. But at the same time, we feel for certain characters like the, the girl that was taking over, you know, uh, part of the coup in, in, Mm -hmm. in her village or in the sit in the country, we care for her, but we don't necessarily care for, all the freedom fighters that were that were killed, you know, it's almost it's it's comedic almost because oops, we killed them all. Uh, yeah. That sucks. <laughs> they, <laughs> we just they, move on, you know, but we care about everyone else. Yeah, and they really show that if you don't make something a big deal, it's not a big deal. Okay, you know, yeah, they that's, don't that's make a challenge as a writer. Yeah, I they guess. don't make killing a big deal at all. In the first, like I said, the first thirty seconds, that bird gets killed right away. We're shown that this is not a kid's movie. This is an adult. And they don't even talk about the bird. Yeah. It's it's something they don't acknowledge. Nothing. It just well, happened. That character was played by Woody Harrelson, right? Mm-hmm. He is a little Yeah, he's played up. by Woody Harrelson, which is, he's just, uh, that's another ace that they had up their sleeve. They had one of the yeah. best actors. <laughs> 
Well, the I, shark was played by Sylvester Stallone. You don't yeah, even. I didn't know that. Yeah, I like, didn't. That, I thought it was, was Dave Bautista at first because he's known for like kind of the simple speaking role. That's just his. That's his brand. That's his character. Mm-hmm. He's obviously not a simple person. He's you know no. he's built a, such a life of fame. But uh, mm-hmm. Sylvester Stallone played that, and it, yeah, it was it was pretty cool. I didn't really notice funny. that till after I was watching the credits. Yeah, I uh, I was looking through the IMDb after the second time. I was trying to figure out what like who he was, who who voiced him. And I uh, found Syl- Sylvester Stallone. And I was like, ah, that, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah I remember. <laughs> I can hear it now. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Now that you yeah. pointed out, <laughs> <laughs> one of the like overall themes of this movie was kind of showing out the the corruption that's ha- so th- the tables kind of turned throughout the movie. We think that there's a bad guy. Which, as it should be with adult superhero movies, it's not always black and white who the good guy is and the bad guy is. For kids shows, yeah, we we do that and it it stays that way. But for adults, we would expect it, you know, to be more complexity. And as Mm -hmm. such with this movie, the bad guy becomes the good guy and the bad guys are, we find out are actually good because they, you know, they stand for something. But we see this like... uh, the the amount of corruption that's supposed to be in this American government or this government that who knows what what part of the organization they they represent or they're from, which is well, they're, the um, uh, that Waller runs the Amanda Waller. Yeah, she's in Shield. That's I th- no. That's Marvel. It's, uh... You're switching universes, and people are gonna call you out on that, man. Dude, I know, right? She <laughs> is director, director or something. Exactly. <laughs> that's that's my point. So we see this corruption come out, and we find out that they're the bad guys. And the guy, the symbol of freedom, you know, the Mister Peace or whoever is plays plays by John Cena. He's he's supposed to be like the symbol of American peace, Argus. right? And what is it? Argus. What is does it? Do you say what it stands for? Argus. for? Uh, A-R-G-U-S, which stands for Advanced Research Group Uniting Superhumans. Oh, oh silly. Yeah. Anyways, the, the John Cena is supposed to be like the American symbol. He's basically Captain America, if you were to equate it to Marvel. Mm-hmm. And we find out that he is <laughs> part of this corruption as well. And he's there to hide the American secrets that were happened during, you know, the probing of this extraterrestrial and this awesome fight ensues, but it's through the reflection of his hat as we see the tables turn yeah, and this so hat cool. is supposed to be like this symbol of American freedom that he wears. We don't, it's not really explained, but it's supposed to be like captain america mm-hmm. shield it's a, supposed to be a symbol of america and freedom and and as the tables turn and we find <laughs> out it's make fun of this it american times. foundation is built on corruption we see this fight play out in the reflection of his hat and i thought it was so fitting the symbolism that was being reflected off of this off of this scene it was so cool yeah it it i really liked it it was it was a good fight scene it was very visually appealing um, you know, and 
they they proved in the film that uh i just i like the way john cena was acting in the film you know he was such a good goody two shoes like anything oh, for justice yeah, yeah i'd i'd eat a whole beach full of dicks for justice <laughs> I, would, I would kill every woman <laughs> child and man for justice <laughs> yeah it's just like oh god dude yeah just t- take it <laughs> That's down like or not. psychotic nationalism yeah. right there you know which is is another like great like subtlety of the film that mm-hmm. that you kind of have to pluck out through through you know thinking about it but it's it's a nice complexity yeah it basically shows you that no matter what you need to hold people accountable for their actions right it doesn't matter if it's the government it doesn't matter uh who it is if they do something wrong they need to be held accountable for their actions if you're a nationalist and you're psychotic you're proved over and over and over again during the film that you're wrong that you're not right. So yeah, and these even these psychotic killers know the difference between right and wrong. It not and yeah. the people that are representing upper levels of government don't don't seem to care. And that mm-hmm. was great great scene where the uh, Weller gets hit in the back of the head with a golf club, <laughs> and <laughs> the golf and club. the the tables change because even her own staff won't follow her, and that's that's kind of when we find out she's the bad guy. Everyone thinks that the starfish mm-hmm. was, but starfish just wanted to get the hell out of there. Yeah. The starfish just wanted to leave, dude. He's like, can I just like go now? <laughs> it's like, I was enjoying the view in space. I don't know why I'm a starfish in space, but I am. <laughs> it just, it is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> just leave me here. Yeah. He was like, leave me alone. God. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so bad for the stuff for the starfish, dude. Like, He literally had nothing or she, whatever. It literally had to do with nothing. And we pull it out of its natural habitat. (laughs) Which is space, apparently. (laughs) Which is space. Hey, hey, I'm not judging. Okay. We have people who live in McDonald's. Okay. If somebody wants to live in space, they can go ahead. How? All right. They made (laughs) the inside of a tank look so sexy they really did the, the red lights there was a green lights the the these like mm-hmm. uh incandescent lights that were behind him Woo! it looks so good on side yeah. that tank when the car was driving and one of the yeah the styles that i really liked was all the creative ways that they separated the chapters and played you know the the mm-hmm. almost like it was just yeah, part of the, the scene like the fire would spell out words and it would be like okay we're on to mm-hmm operation harley you know like it's it was so cool that how they did that my favorite one was the one on top of the buildings where it was like just trash almost when we like see what looks like the top of the buildings of like brazil or something but i'm not really sure what country Mm -hmm. we were in yeah and then the camera pulls away and it um the words change from whatever they were saying to something completely different awesome and it was just such a beautiful shot. It's just, and that's how the entire film was. The entire film had these crazy good editings and the the color profile that they used, the colorist, whoever that they did it really, really was able to work magic. Yeah. Nice, strong, but vivid I have colors. To say, what was that? Mm-hmm, I have to say the edits that this guy did throwing the, um, random flowers down that Harley yeah. scene where she's killing everybody. Oh, that's inspired. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. I, <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out why, 
we saw that how is this like her fairy tale killing is just yeah. her natural environment you know like sometimes people just dream that they're in like a different world and you know the colors get vivid and we, we change scenes and they get snapped back to reality for her this is well, she her is- dream world she's in her natural state and so this is vivid color for her this is like little flowers and dainty things going there as she's slicing the heads off of enemies, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, if I'm not mistaken, um, Harley Quinn does have schizophrenia, which, um, vivid hallucinations is, uh, a symptom of schizophrenia. I could be completely wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure she does. Okay. Or, um, psychosis or something like that. And uh, if that's the case, that could explain for that. And it's just a really nice, beautiful look inside what she sees. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because like you said, it's like the blood flowing is just flowers instead. And it's just, ah. It's that piece. It's that piece. I like it. I like what you say, man. Yeah. I like it. No, it was definitely, if it was worth the watch, I would say. Mm Mm-hmm. Definitely, it's a great distraction from what's going on in the world right now. And, and, and there are aspects of, of people dealing with grief throughout the film. You know, like... Okay, yeah, I was I was wrong about her uh, medical. She has a personality disorder, specifically hysterenia... Oh, God. Hysterionic, hysterionic personality disorder. So... Um, I have no idea if vivid hallucinations is a side effect of that. Huh. Oh, they have, um, people with that type of disorder have a overwhelming desire to be noticed and often behave dramatically or inappropriately to get attention, which I think we both have kind that. Of, oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And it, it definitely, it definitely fits with what she did. You know, and how she reacted when she found the team was coming to actually save her because she felt noticed and she was like, oh, I can go in. I, I like this. That was nice. Tensions on me. First time she yeah. felt loved. Yeah. She's got a so killer great. group of her own. <laughs> Literally. Mm-hmm. She finally has her own little murdering family. Yeah. <laughs> and the weasel lives at the end. So that's nice, too. The weasel's so cute. It's so adorable. Except if I see it's any of my kids, I will kill him. Most disgusting thing I've ever seen. It's, it's just gross. Yes, I want him. I want a pet. And then he's just licking you know, the glass next... in, the, in the jail cell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that was pretty funny. And he was like, huh? See, I think my next, uh, like, if after my bloodhound Leia, whenever she passes away in hopefully like 10 years or so, I'm not sure how long bloodhounds live. She's four and a half. So you're going to get a weasel. I don't want to think about that. Anyways. <laughs> no, oh. I want to get a, um, I want to get, well, yeah, a weasel would be nice, but I want to get a, uh, um, a, oh man, I want to get a Scooby-Doo. What are they called? A freaking, um, Oh, uh, great Dane. Great Dane! Yeah. Yes. I want to get a Great Dane. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I want a Great Dane. I want a big dude that can just walk him like, yo. Yeah. What's up, bro? I'm like, sup, dude? I want dude. a dog I can ride. And then he just... Nice dog. You throw a saddle <laughs> on the back and it takes you running. <laughs> <laughs> like, in the combat, I yeah. go, well, I stop. On my Greyhound. On nose. <laughs> I, I suppose that could be a reality if you were a smaller person. <laughs> 
Let your yeah, feet dangle. It could be a reality. <laughs> I mean, I, I could definitely see like my girlfriend riding a Great Dane in combat. Yeah. You know? See her on the back of the dane going. <laughs> little okay, feet buddy. dangling. It's okay. We're going to get him. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think I see her coming in oh, to hit you man. in the back of the head. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's going to happen later. <laughs> well, uh, the no. Suicide Squad, that is that came out this week. We mm-hmm. have mixed feelings on, on it, HBO I think. Max. Yeah, HBO Max is where you can check it out right now. It is definitely worth watching, if not for the cinematic style. And just a fun getaway. It's kind of what we need right now in the world because every other channel just seems to be depressing. So, yeah, you can check that out. Yeah. HBO Max. Yeah. Suicide Squad is a great time. I enjoyed it. It Visually, I haven't felt this way after watching a film in a very long time. When I was doing like my research and I was doing my notes, I was trying to um, think about what film made me feel visually I'm visually talking after watching it the way that this film did and the only one that I could think of at that time was uh, Speed Racer oh which is you one know, of your favorite that, movies so that's yeah one of my favorite movies visually I mean the story of Speed Racer is eh but visually wise it's a great great movie and um, I, I, I feel like that is this generation Speed Racer like the story is eh but visually wise and edited and shot this this movie definitely deserves some oscar attention at least yeah visually wise when i think of that yeah the boys comes to mind which is uh also another superhero anti-hero tv show but yeah the style is kind of the same you mm-hmm. get that vivid kind of like overly gory overly bloody kind of feel yeah, it was good though. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, it was good. Mixed feeling. We're kind of like, kind of like, it's okay. It's worth watching. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a good movie. I, I mean, it's it's good. Don't watch it with your kids. Not no. No. <laughs> All right, guys. So for film of the week, I think this week I really have to bring up something that uh, I watched a few days ago, and it just absolutely blew my damn mind. Um, do you remember? That big fight in Detroit between the Detroit or between the Pistons and the Trailblazers. Was it the Trailblazers? Oh, um, yeah. That, Malice at the Palace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that a documentary? Yeah, they just so I saw on Netflix. It's coming. Um, back in the day, these uh, these players they started a on on you know court fight with the other team, which is fine. It happens all the time. Whatever. Um, but the fans took it too far. Mm. Like when one of the players tried to separate himself from the fight, lay down, cool down, calm down. When the players or when the fans threw a full beer at that player, that player that was just into a fight on the ground. And and that's, that sparked a fight between the player mm -hmm. and the, the audience, the fans. And then that just broke out hell from there. Everyone starts getting, yeah, okay. Yeah, and it's all covered in such great detail in this new documentary that came out, Malice at the Palace Uncovered on Netflix. I highly suggest watching it if you know anything at all about this event or you like basketball 
at all. I highly suggest watching. I'm just curious, wondering how this would be presented. Is it just a series of perspectives of different people that saw it? Or was there more to it than what you saw on the surface level? There was this whole backstory that gets explained throughout the the film. Yeah, there, there, there was a lot more to it. So what happened originally was only showed in little bits. The media took control of the situation and they showed the people, the um, fans and everybody else, only what they wanted them to see. I see. They didn't, um, out of all the footage that came out showing how much the players were actually defending themselves, the fans were all convinced and everybody around the country was convinced that the players were the cause cause of the problem. And so this goes into detail. It shows all the different, um, all the different security cam footages. It holds nothing back. It interviews police officers that were there, interviews the players that were there. It interviews the specific fans that started the riot and started everything else. It interviews everybody. Cool. So it, it holds nothing back. You get the true unfiltered story of what happened from the people that it happened to and they all this it it's so great so raw so real yeah well if you i could see how that would be interesting if you're a sports fan and knew of that incident and yeah. uh it, i did see that one teased on netflix right now so malice at the palace mm-hmm. is uh movie pick for this week what or what are we breaking down next week what's the talk so we can kind of let people soak it in and, and give them a chance to watch this. Yeah. So next week we're actually going to be checking out um, fear street on Netflix. Awesome. Fear street. I think I started watching this one already. Amazing music to this. The story is good. The, uh, there's a potential for a lot more, you know, the genres to come out of this one. And I, if yeah. I'm correct, I think this is, from Arl Stein too. I think it's a series. So it's one of those ones, you know, you can kind of really get into. It's got a little spooky vibe to it and you can yeah. you can see the potential for all the different characters having their own stories. Yeah, I'm very excited about watching this. I haven't seen any of them yet. I know I've been talking about wanting to watch them. So I'm very excited to see them all and then like dive into them next week and tell you about our feelings and our frustrations with it and see uh Yeah. See what you what we think. If you guys should uh check out that series though. Yeah, it's um, we're going back in time. We're starting Fear Street 1999, mm-hmm. 1979, and 1666. Yep. Ooh. I can't wait to see what uh how far back they end up taking this and series. And the tracks are so appropriately matched. Awesome audio tracks for 1999. If you're our age, you'll like fall back into like high school days or earlier, I guess middle school, elementary school days. But uh, (laughs) yeah, there's definitely some flashback moments. There good music, good music that plays throughout this movies. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm so very excited. All right, dude. Well, we will catch you guys next time. If you guys want to follow us, it's at uncovered cinema on everything, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook, TikTok. You go. Oh yeah. Guys with some TikTok. And uh, we put audiograms out. We give you little teasers throughout the uh, week of the different episodes. So if you guys want to follow us individually, I'm Will Hoover TV. And I'm at BoardPro, B-R-D-P-R-O. And I just came out with an audiobook uh, that I narrated as well. Just got released today. So you can uh, follow oh, yeah. me online and check that out as well. If you 
like hearing this mug. Oh, wait, you can't see a mug. Maybe you like hearing his voice. And uh, we also are getting ready to, pre- to bring back live streaming. So make sure you yes. follow on YouTube, Twitch. We're all on the different various places that you like to consume your your media from. Mm-hmm. We will be there and we'll be streaming again, I would say, probably within the next couple of weeks. So keep on the lookout for that. Yeah. And if you guys have any suggestions for movies that you want us to uncover and you guys want us to break down, talk about, please let us know on our Reddit, r slash Uncover Cinema, or let us know on our Instagram, at Uncovered Cinema. If you guys have any suggestions, anything like that, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Till then, we'll uh, see you next week. Thanks so much for listening. Yeah. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.